Hi, this is Philip Wurter. And Bernard Zimmermann. Welcome to our podcast series, Virtual Leadership Development, How to Master the New Normal. And a warm welcome from my side as well. In the series, we cover a range of topics that all have an influence or impact on leadership development and all its applications in a virtual context. We came across an interesting topic a while ago and decided to cover it in our podcast. So the topic for our next two episodes, 24 and 25, is talking about the main four causes of Zoom fatigue. So Bernard, just give us a quick synopsis. What exactly is Zoom fatigue? People report actually that they feel totally exhausted after a barrage of virtual meetings. Some feel this quite intensely and say that they feel totally depleted and it takes much more of them than face-to-face meetings. I sense that myself sometimes and feel that I have worked twice as hard as during a normal day. Absolutely. Sometimes if you've had just even one meeting or more meetings throughout the day, you're just exhausted because you know you have the sense that you've just focused on one spot forever and the rest of the world stopped working and you just totally drained. Yes, it could happen that you run, run, not literally, mentally run from meeting to meeting. And it is, you notice that capacity to follow and focus and concentrate is just gradually reducing. And sometimes you just kind of feel more the fog in your brain rather than clarity of thinking. So let's dive in and start. And we can also discuss some tips and tricks of how to avoid, reduce, or even eliminate the effects of Zoom fatigue. The question is, Is Zoom fatigue hearsay, an urban legend, or is it actually based on actual research? Stanford University has actually done two studies on it. And in our podcast description, we'll actually add the links to these two studies so that you can check these out for yourselves. Mm -hmm. The first cause or insight that we have in Zoom fatigue is that we see ourselves and everyone else all the time continuously. So it's almost like we have a pattern, a screen, and we are focused on that for hours on end. So Mm. we fixated on an unchanging view of multiple video channels. And we constantly keep focusing on that. And that just causes our brain to overload because of the visual processing that's happening. And that's very different from if we're in a normal meeting, face-to-face, we're in a room, we can see people completely, they're all at a different distance, and we look around and we just don't stare at one specific point of view the whole time. Mm -hmm. I think we need to be conscious about that, Mm -hmm. this difference, because I remember, you know, when you sit in a normal room, you don't notice unless you think about your experience that you're not fixated on one person. You look at the the charts being presented. You look out the window. You look at the people around the table to even to gauge sometimes what what's happening in in the room. And now here we sit and just hooked onto that screen and all the video panels. Yeah, you know, normally we're distracted by other things. Mm. 
And here, if we are distracted by something, that sends a different message to the people who are watching us. But also, if we're in a normal situation, you know, we move around in a room or we move around from room to room. So we're not just focused on one point of view. What was interesting in the research, they actually say that this point of view that we have, you know, you just basically see somebody's shoulders and their head. That is you actually in somebody's personal space. Mm -hmm. And they say that the only times that we are normally in this space is either when we're mating or we're in conflict. Now, when we're in an online meeting situation, we definitely are not mating. So yeah. our body reacts as if we are in conflict. And we mm. try and read all the signals because obviously the videos are relatively small, depending on how many people are in there, which puts enormous strain on us. Yeah. I see that from comments from people who, that they say, you know, sometimes it's so much in your face. I feel very uncomfortable because I have the feeling that people invade my personal mm -hmm. bubble. Some people, it, it drives them almost crazy. Uh, to have this closeness. Yeah. Physically, we have eye contact with people at all times because we try to have it. And our eyes actually move less than they normally would move, mm. which just puts enormous strain on us. Yes. Let's talk about solutions. Now, in the research, they actually give some solutions that in preparing for this podcast, we have discussed and we decided that we actually cannot recommend that. So give us more background, Bernard, why? Well, I think when they say take greater distance to the screen, walk away from the screen, we think that that breaks the connection. When you Absolutely. move yourself away from the video panel, how can you recognize the facial expression? How can you read body language? You break the connection. I think there are other solutions to that rather than creating this separation and breaking the engagement breaking the connection, which we said in previous episodes is important for mm -hmm. an effective interaction online. Absolutely. What they say is that we don't see people just in this point of view that we've described. We see people in total and that we should try to see people in total in a virtual meeting as well. However, if we do that, we really lose connection. And one of the reasons why we actually stare into the screen is because we really try to build that connection, but we have a limited amount of information that comes through from the video panels. So that's why we focus. So mm. the idea is, yeah, there are other things that we can do without sacrificing the connection. The one idea that we have is that if you have a meeting set for an hour or for 30 minutes, shorten it by five or 10 minutes, use that time to exercise. You do that, Bernard. I know you do that. What's yes. your experience from it? First of all, I think people always think, well, we need a 60-minute meeting. And my experience is, you know, if, if you agree a 50-minute meeting, you get the things magically done in 50 <laughs> minutes. Uh, that's magic. always surprising. <laughs> yeah, it's a magic. Yes, you're getting up and not when you go from one meeting to the next one, not kind of, oh, I need to recover my email backlog or whatever. I actually get out of my office I have the luxury, luxury to go downstairs and grab a coffee or a water and then come back. So get this movement and mm -hmm. not focus your brain capacity on something else, cognitive on-screen work. 
Okay. We have other tips and solutions as well. So we're not going to give everything here. But one other thing that we believe is important is that you can help other people with their Zoom fatigue. Focus on your laptop height, because that determines at what level your camera is. Let's say if you see somebody on your screen and their camera is very low and very close, all you see is a double chin. Mm. Now, automatically, you will still try and read that person's face. But if you just see the chin, it becomes very difficult. And there is a subconscious frustration of not being able to read that face. Make it easier for other people. Have your laptop at a proper height. Have proper lighting. You know, from my own experience in leading workshops, there is nothing more frustrating than seeing somebody who is backlit and the face absolutely in shadow. You can't see anything. And it's frustrating and it adds to your sense of fatigue at the end of the day. Yes. I think we always try to read the facial expression because that's the, the main part we have. And if it's so dark, it's exhausting to try to see from the little bit we may identify to see what's going on in the other person. And in in the same way with the lighting, you pay attention to the camera quality. Some laptops, if you use only a laptop, they have a real bad camera. I would recommend an extra camera with a higher quality that works with your system because then you get a crisper image and people can read your expression much easier. I absolutely agree with you. You know, I recently added both lighting, proper lighting and a new camera. Not that my old camera was that bad, but it simply, it just wasn't good enough. And I just felt, if I saw myself on screen, I just looked washed out. Mm. And I just asked myself the question, if people see you as washed out, how are they going to show up and react to you? And I really feel that it makes a difference. It does. (laughs) Yes. So let's move into the second course or insight. Because we sit all day long in front of our desk, being engaged in meetings, working on our laptop or our computer, we're stuck in a chair and we're not moving. So mobility is reduced. Therefore, what happens also is our whole body is kind of locked down and the blood circulation is slowing down. And with that, the supply of oxygen in our brain is reduced. I remember that in in one piece of research that was independent from the Zoom fatigue, but they also said, no, if you're not moving around sufficiently, your brain is actually exposed to continuous oxygen starvation, as they call it. Mm -hmm. And no wonder we deplete the energy from our brain much faster if we're not moving at all. Because normally, in the old days, we would have moved from meeting room to meeting room, and that at least gave our body, our blood circulation, a little boost to supply oxygen back into our brain. I think that's the one that I personally feel the most. Mm -hmm. Yes, connection is important. And if you are connected and you're really focused, I think you move even less. Mm. So we really need to do something so that we are able to address this because we want connection, we want focus, but we can't stay in that one focused, connected position for hours on end. We need to break it. So what are the solutions, Bernard? So one element is really that you agree that you have breaks. 
do you have a longer discussion that you agree in the rules of engagement that people can take bio breaks? They switch off the camera and they just walk away and back within a minute, whatever. But at least they dare to walk away. And maybe even if they feel fatigued or worn out, they just take a, a one minute break, get up and walk around, sit down again. If you agree that up front, it eliminates the anxiety of being seen as not being engaged or being distracted by something. In my face-to-face workshops, I've always had the rule that if somebody needs to take a bio break, they can get up and go and come back. And it's normal. It happens. And I'm sure people sometimes just get up because they need to have a break. Or people can stand up and walk around. Because if you sit in a chair, it's almost the same as if you were sitting in front of a computer in a chair. The latter is maybe more strenuous. But if you agree these things beforehand, I think things become more normal. You continue to pay attention. But that one minute break that you have walking around, still listening, or just switching off your camera, going to a place where the sun doesn't shine, and things get back to normal when you get back. Absolutely. So that's the second cause. And in our next episode, we will cover the last two causes of Zoom fatigue. To help you reflect for this session, we have the following question. From what we have discussed today, if you reflect on your experience of Zoom fatigue, which of these did you notice in yourself? And what else did you experience? That's it from me. And a big thank you from me as well. But finally, before we go, if you would like to connect with us or share your insights and feedback, please feel free to do so either on LinkedIn.com, Bernard Zimmerman contact, that is C-O-N hyphen T-A-C-T, or Philip Water. We're both based in Germany. Or connect via email at philip at Burta.net or bernard.zimmermann at contactinternational.com. That is C-O-N hyphen T-A-C-T hyphen international.com. We look forward to connecting in our next episode. Thank you and goodbye.